I'm Ayo Kindamila, and this is Clear Minds, Full Hearts. Question, what was on your must-haves list when you were looking to move? And I know that at different stages in our lives, we're all looking for different things. When I left for college, it was important for me to go to a D1 school that was just the right amount of distance away from my home. I wanted to be close, but not too close. And then when I moved to Philly, it was important for me to be in a city with opportunity to thrive in my career and to also contribute to the community. We all have different things that we need when we're considering where to go next. Kendall's first independent move was when she was leaving for college. She had a very clear vision about what she needed and what was important to her as she made that transition. I knew I wanted to go somewhere pretty. That was a big thing on my list. I think growing up in Texas, you just hear so much about all the big schools there and, you know, the whole top 10% thing and all of that. I'm like, I want to get out of here. I love Texas, but for college, I was like, I really want to get out of here. So I thought the Southeast was really beautiful. Furman is in South Carolina and ended up going there for like a, a summer, like a high school summer thing. So I got to like see the campus. I was like, this is beautiful. It was a small school, really pretty campus, had like great academics, and then like a small D1 basketball program. I was like, this sounds great. So yeah, that was really what I was looking for. It didn't work out with Furman. Um, they already had what they needed kind of at that time, and they were going to let me walk on. But I kind of, at that point, when I kind of got that information, was trying to like work through that. My mom ended up finding out about Samford just through doing research, which is something she's really great at. So looked into Samford, reached out to them, and they invited me for a visit. And I remember, because, and my mom, this was a big deal. Again, first child, I like, my mom took me to so many different college campuses, had like this whole plan and uh, like when I was going to take, you know, prepping for all the tests and all that stuff, but just a lot of work went into that. So saw all these different schools, but then went to Samford and I remember meeting the team, hanging out with some of the girls uh, who were there playing already, meeting the coaches and then uh, got to the dorm room, you know, whoever I was staying with at that time. And I just remember laying there. I was like, wow, I think this is it. I love this place. But I loved, loved the atmosphere, loved small campus, really pretty, um, you know, amazing girls on the team. And they actually wanted me to be there. So it worked out. But yeah, I loved love Sanford and still do it's mainly the people and I think the feel on the team was a huge part of that and then also feeling like I got what I was wanting with the school side of things I was just really excited to be there I remember feeling that way not only you know to like actually start school but also to like be playing college basketball you know when you visit somewhere or you move someplace and you feel like this is it this is where I belong. It's a great feeling, maybe even euphoric. Sometimes it's a place far from home, or sometimes it is your home, but basically your soul is refreshed just by being there. Most of us have those places, and for Kendall, it was Stanford. There's actually a picture from later that season. I rode the end of the bench, and you can see that's where I was in that picture. And I was like, but I was so happy though. Like, just, I was like, I made it. <laughs> I remember feeling that way. I was just like thrilled to be there, mm. thrilled to be a part of it. Um, 
thrilled to kind of be starting that chapter and even to have like my own thing. I think I was excited to get away from home and kind of have my own adventure and uh, loved, loved that part of it. Birmingham was a great city too. I mean, cause it's just cause it's a really like very slow pace. Um, it's very, you know, very Southern, I think in that way, but it was really nice to kind of have, I don't know, even the campus and all of that, just to be able to go drive and kind of explore in different areas. So yeah, just a lot of fun and really exciting. And I think I also, also was really hoping to feel just more confident, kind of like a fresh start and, and hopefully, you know, I think really to feel like I'm away from home and away from maybe feeling that kind of everyday pressure of needing to like perform well, needing to get good grades and needing to kind of be a certain way. So I, I ended up, I think I had a 2.8 GPA my freshman year, which, you know, I'm like, for some people that that's great. But from what I had done in high school, that was like, oh boy, (laughs) that was not good. So I think I kind of let, I was like, I'm just going to see what happens. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, again, I think just very happy to be there. Not very, you know, didn't really have any kind of like set goals or anything. And I think that kind of showed, I think overall it felt good. I think I quickly felt kind of the same things I had felt before though. Like, I think all of that very much that I brought that with me. I thought that would kind of go away being in a different environment, but that was all so like kind of deeply ingrained in my mind that it, it didn't go away. Kendall started playing basketball as a kid. And for some athletes, this thing can happen where they start struggling with the desire to be perfect, feeling the need to do everything well all the time and never messing up. They start thinking it's not okay to mess up. So many factors contribute to this way of thinking, but mostly it's based off of the feedback they're getting. Feedback from parents, coaches, and even teammates. I think it probably just felt kind of defeating and like, I just want, I don't want to feel like, I don't want to feel this way. I want this to go away, but it feels like it's not going to go anywhere. I'm not really sure what to do about it. And I think, you know, it's kind of like, well, I'll just kind of keep going. Like, I'll keep, I don't know. Like, I didn't know what else to do. So, but yeah, I think there's just kind of like a sinking feeling of like, ah, like, I thought I could shake this and it's just not that easy. And I think really it kind of all came back to, for me, it feeling like it just wasn't okay to not be good at something or to mess up. Um, especially when I and my parents had put so much time and effort into helping me get better at it. It just felt like I have it. And I feel like I heard that a lot too. Like I have everything I need. I know how to do it all. It's just a matter of me doing it and kind of executing everything well. So, and yeah, and when you don't, when I don't do well individually, it does affect my team. My coach definitely sees it. And depending on, you know, their kind of personality, sometimes they're harsher, like, you know, about that than some other coaches. And and then knowing you're kind of letting your team down. Sometimes your teammates are like, come on, like, you know, I know you can do better too. So it all all kind of fed into into each other. But I think I think that's really kind of the 
basis of it for me was feeling like I'm supposed to do this well and it's not okay for me to mess up which is like a whole another deeper thing but yeah I think I think that was really what affected all of that once I got into practice or in a game in pretty much any team setting. It's kind of sad, but I think the most fun I had was my last year, which was my junior year, just because I think a big part of that was getting to play more. So I would say for me, I probably flip-flop between two extremes, you know, on the more enjoyable side. It was just really fun. You work so hard and getting to see all that kind of come to life and getting to see it work the way it was intended to, ah, it just feels amazing. And I think like even just all the movement and the different ways you kind of train, you know, your body to do different things. It, it just feels really good, I think, in that way. But um, also even just to play with people, too, and to work together kind of constantly while you're out there. But then also there's the things that are just you. I think of like defense and, you know, playing, you know, guarding your man, man on man kind of thing. That's totally up to you. But getting to to do it well just feels so, so good. And then I think the other extreme for me was feeling just super afraid and just really conscious of every single thing I was doing and almost, you know, kind of robotic a little bit, but just really trying not to mess up, feeling really nervous, which is obviously not enjoyable. But I think for me, it was, it was either kind of one of those two things kind of went back and forth with. Even in other settings like school or other places, the, the expectation or kind of like the stereotype is usually like you're supposed to be confident, like, you know, a go-getter, uh, a great team player and a leader and kind of all these things that I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was. And so I think that added to that as well in other settings. Um, I mean, if it was something I felt good at and I kind of went well, I think there would be kind of this false confidence. Um, but as soon as something didn't go the right way or I messed up or whatever, didn't know what to do, all those same kind of crippling thoughts, I think would come rushing back in and it you know, would be the same story no matter what I was doing. These thoughts spiral quickly and are so intrusive and absolutely not helpful. It's like your mind is having a field day with beating you up and you feel like you gotta hide it because you're an athlete and athletes are supposed to be confident all the time. I hate it. I hate that anybody feels like they have to hide their struggle or that they have to carry on with some type of false confidence. And even though I hate it, the truth is sometimes you feel like it's just what you gotta do. Athletes do it all the time. People in general do it all the time. We walk around with fake confidence while our minds are secretly telling us we're not good enough. But the goal is to have secure self-confidence. The goal is always to have a secure sense of self. So I actually, that year, I came in as a shooting guard, like a three position, but ended up playing uh, point guard my junior year, which is so, so stressful. I like have so much respect for point guards everywhere because every, they, I mean, they're, I mean, just so important to every single play of the game and it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, just very little room for error and so much you have to think through constantly, like while you're out there. So that was a lot 
to take on, but it was also really fun because I felt like I actually got to do things and contribute. And I also had kind of the, the space to mess up, but not get kind of instantly pulled out of the game, which, which is a pretty common thing. Like not just, I think on my team in college, but you know, I experienced that in other settings too. And I think that's kind of a common thing elsewhere, but I think that was also really nice because it's kind of like, well, we don't have, <laughs> we don't have too many other people we can throw in there. So it, it allowed me to kind of, I think, build a little bit more confidence and just like, okay, I'm not going to get pulled out of here the second I mess up. So I can just kind of settle into that a little bit. Definitely still felt really nervous and kind of so many things, but I think that was my most enjoyable season. I also ended up quitting after that season. And then there was also a lot going on with my family kind of during that whole time too. And I, I feel like that was probably what I can remember is like kind of my first maybe experience with like some mild depression and just feeling really low and feeling kind of hopeless about things Uh, and listening to really sad music (laughs) is actually one of Taylor Swift's albums from, from that year that I remember. But anyway, so there was just a lot going on. And I remember getting to a point of just feeling like I can't, I can't imagine trying to continue doing this. Like, yeah, I remember talking with a friend and she's like, have you heard of the phrase like being burnt out? And I was like, I mean, yeah, but she's like, here's a book. And anyway, so I read into it more and she's like, I think this might be, this might be what you're experiencing. And so that's kind of the the term I've used for it. But yeah, I think I just got to a point where it's like, I don't have this in me anymore. Like I, there's nothing there. And yeah, like, I just think this is all I have for this. So that was kind of in my mind at some point over the next couple of months. But I remember playing our last game and uh, in our conference playoffs and we lost and usually tears would come with that regardless like when you end your season like that just happens but there were much more much more tears for me because I knew that was my last game I hadn't told anybody yet but I knew um and so I remember just crying so so much but and then ended up telling my my coaches a little bit later looking back I'm like I really it would have been so great to have a senior year. And that's what everyone kind of told me at the time too. Like, this is kind of the, usually the most fun, most enjoyable part of all of this. Can you just hold on a little bit longer? And I felt confident then and even now I'm like, I did not, I didn't have it in me. I think if I had had a few years off (laughs) or something like that, I probably could have come back to it because I love basketball and I love playing now. But then I think there was just a lot going on and I think something kind of snapped or broke or whatever, and there was just nothing left to give to it. It was intense. Again, I think overall, they I think they could see that I was like, I really don't, I really don't feel like I can continue. Like, just feeling really sure about that, that, and even, Again, not like physically in the sense of that I was injured or anything, but even just kind of in my body, just like this, I don't have this. Like whatever I was drawing from before in order to play, it's it's empty. And, you know, coming back to the term like burnt out, like 
it's done. <laughs> you know, even thinking about like a light bulb that's burnt out, you can't do anything with it. You know, it's not gonna do what it was doing before. So I think they could see that. And, you know, I think that helped them kind of support me in that too. But um, yeah, it was just, it was so, it was really scary. It was really scary to do that all around. But I, I think I just knew I can't, I can't go on. Because I think in many ways I felt like a failure. Like this wasn't supposed to be this way. Like I should have, should have played all four years. I'm physically able to, like there's nothing wrong with me in that way. And so I think that part's hard when people can't see some, and I think that's a huge kind of mindset of basketball too. Like if it's not broken, it's still working. You can still play, you can still practice. Like that's very much the mentality. So, you know, that was really hard to kind of all of a sudden not be in that same world to not like go to the gym or have the, the password to the locker room, like kind of all these different things. So I think that that was felt like it was kind of constantly there. And I actually was like, I'll just transfer. Like, I'll just go somewhere else. And like, let me go. Um, I was thinking about going to like a school in Colorado. I was like, Colorado's pretty, like, that sounds fun. Like, let me just go do something totally different and have like a change of scenery. But, but I think it was just because it was hard to still be at the same school, still be around all the same things, but not be a part of you know, this team and like that kind of experience that I'd had up until then. In the 2014-2015 NBA season, Larry Sanders walked away from basketball to focus on his mental health. In 2019, Liz Cambage of the WNBA took a DMP for mental health reasons. And in 2020, DJ Carton, who played basketball for the Ohio State Buckeyes, took a six-month sabbatical to focus on his mental health. Sometimes it's hard to explain to people that your mind is exhausted, especially when there are no painful physical symptoms to correlate. So when it's necessary, taking a break from something you love isn't going to be an easy decision, but doing so can be a life-changing thing. And so I think with quitting basketball, that was a huge thing that you know, was, was, did feel like a part of my identity. And that felt like a thing that people were like, wow, that's really cool. Or that's respectable or something like that, that went away. And so I think in the absence of that, and what I often did, I think was just trying to kind of find other things to kind of like puff myself up with. And I use the word (laughs) puff intentionally, because I feel like it was always empty. And it was always momentary and never lasted. So it was trying to find anything that would make me feel better about myself or, you know, I think all sorts of things would come out, even as just like, and judging other people, like, so that I could feel better about my situation, but all coming from a really wounded sense of me and being okay to just be me instead of, you know, being worth loving based on what I do and how well I do it. So I think there is probably a lot of trying to kind of fill in that gap and that void. Um, You know, I think still feeling all the same things, still kind of having all the same mindset, but really trying to kind of uh, make up for the place that basketball had kind of filled. Whether I actually enjoyed it or not, it just felt so much about kind of the way I present myself, what I kind of have, you know, even like my resume on paper kind of thing, like what can I show or what do I have to show for myself that would make me worthwhile? Yeah, which is which is really sad. I think even kind of saying all that out loud, but I think that's very much where my where my mindset was, uh, but just trying to 
just really kind of fill in that even though the things I was holding on to before weren't actually stable, weren't actually providing what I wanted them to provide, that sense of security or or worth, but that's kind of, that's what I knew. And so I think that's what I try to do. And that's probably even why I try to do other things too with my time for the most part, my senior year to kind of fill that gap in that way. Cause I think that's just all I, all I knew. Like, let me just do more. That'll help me feel better. I can see myself differently. And I think even kind of look at myself with more kindness and I think having a more firm, you know, foundation for who I am and that I'm not tied, you know, my identity and my worth is not tied to my performance and what I do. So it's been really fun to kind of go play again with a different mindset and and even still, you know, all the same like feelings still come, like feeling nervous and like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna mess up and like this is just oh, it's like the end of the world. But being able to like confidently say like, no, I am loved no matter what I do, like just for being me. And like, that's enough. And I just get to go have fun. And even if I <laughs> am so terrible out there, it doesn't change my value uh, or how loved I am. So that I think I've enjoyed so, so much. So I can't wait. I can't wait to get back out there whenever it's safe to do all that again. But yeah, I've loved it. Kendall's just like most of us, stumbling through and then achieving the development of self-identity, self-confidence, and self-worth. Getting to a place where these things are no longer tethered to your performance is such a liberating experience. Your self-identity, confidence, and worth should be grounded in truths about who you are as a person and not what you can do. And although Kendall has retired her college jersey, she continues to find ways to play and has even dabbled in some coaching. She clearly loves basketball, and I hope that she keeps doing it for as long as possible. I'm Iowa Kindumila, and this has been Clear Minds, Full Hearts. Thank you so much to our co-producer and editor, Kalia Fratikangeli, who is starting her own audio production company soon. It's called KB Sounds. And we're so proud of her. And thank you so much to Matthew Price, who composed our theme music. I told him I wanted something that sounded like Grinding All My Life by Nipsey Hussle. And I think he killed it. What do y'all think? You can leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts, or you can DM us on Instagram at clearminds.fullheartspodcast. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week.